Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. This is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want, and welcome to the show today. I want to say an especially gracious welcome to Maria Abe of Running Myself Together. So Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you as a guest. You and I have a mutual friend, my co-author of the Mirror Book Project, Maria Spears, Mm -hmm. and I first heard about you and your story and what you do in coaching with women on her podcast, Grow Water Your Grass. So uh, when I heard that story, your kind of your personal journey, I said, you know, that is a really powerful story and uh, my listeners would want to hear that too. Well, thank you so much. And yes, Maria is absolutely amazing. Amazing human being. Everyone should know her. (laughs) So you guys first connected in person when she moved to Charlotte. Now you've moved away. She moved away from here in Wilmington, North Carolina to Charlotte. And now you've moved down to Florida. Yes. And I don't even remember. Oh, I think she reached out about the podcast. That's how we connected that. But back then, I think that's when she was discerning moving to Charlotte. Moving, yeah. Of course, I was like, come on down. It's great here. (laughs) Um, So she moved. And then five months later, God called me somewhere else. And I ended up moving to Florida. So, but we still, you know, I was able to see her right before I left. We went on a nice long walk and just chatted about life and then um, have still stayed in touch from there, which has been great. Excellent. Well, congratulations are in order for you, your engagement. Thank you. Yes. I'm very excited. Yes. <laughs> we, we are getting married in May, so a very short engagement. Wow. Um, but I think that's best for us. You know, we're very excited. Um, so, and I seem to be just, we seem to be just knocking out all the planning stuff. So it hasn't been stressful at all, which is great. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you um, were first on Maria's podcast and you shared the story of kind of your personal journey. And I thought, you know, that is really interesting and powerful. And, you know, Maria has really this idea around from from our uh, pain comes our passion, right? Mm and things that we've experienced in life lead forth into, you know, what becomes our ministry or our calling. And I ascribe to that as well. So you've got kind of a painful past, but, you know, a beautiful story now. And I'm wondering if you'd kind of give us your background personally, professionally, and then how you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll start from the beginning. I was born and raised in upstate New York. I'm actually here right now. it's funny how fast you acclimate to the southern weather. <laughs> it's not warm here. Um, but I was born and raised here. I'm the oldest of four children and raised in a very um, Catholic family. So my faith has always been important to me. And it especially was, I mean, especially as now, and it especially was as I was growing up. Um, and so, you know, I was always a faithful person, very close to Christ. But for some reason, I struggled with just major body image issues. I could never see how beautiful I was. Mm -hmm. I knew Christ loved me, 
I knew that I was made in his image and likeness, but I didn't truly know deep down inside what that meant. Um, so as the years went on, I was struggling with, um, do you want me to start that over again? I guess that no. notification didn't. Just keep, just keep going. Okay, sorry. I don't know how that came through. <laughs> <laughs> um, can they edit that out? Can they edit yeah. that little piece out? Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, make, start a, from... we'll make a mark. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so I always knew of Christ's love for me. I always knew that I was made in his image and likeness, but I didn't truly know, know what that meant deep down inside. I didn't, it didn't guide my everyday life. So as the years went on and I was struggling with, you know, growing up, being a teenager, wanting to be included in all of the things, um, and, and, and growing up and starting to feel a lack of control in my own life, I started developing eating disorder habits. So uh, prim predominantly anorexia and that really stemmed from anxiety that was breeding deep down inside of me and this need to control. So I would, I would have and feel like I had that control when I was restricting calories, when I was constantly checking how much I was eating and how much I weighed. And it really began, began to take over my whole entire world. Now I didn't get to the point where I needed to be an, in per, an inpatient treatment or anything like that for an eating disorder, it was that type of eating disorder that is just constantly taking over your mind. So as the years went on um, throughout my high school years, I was in therapy. I knew pretty, we all knew pretty soon into it that I was struggling with this. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in therapy and therapy and therapy and it would go in ebbs and flows of working and then not working, working and then not working. And it all seemed to boil back down to this need to control and this need to have this perfect image. And I think a lot of young girls um, prescribe to this because mm -hmm. of our culture, because of what we see in the media. Now with social media, that's amplified. Um, and so back when I was going through this, social media wasn't a thing. So it was really uh, comparing myself to everyone around me in real life, especially the people that I was going to school with. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated high school, I went to college, and I was still struggling with the eating disorder part, but through therapy I learned that what I truly was struggling deep down inside was with anxiety and depression. And so the mm -hmm. eating disorder habits or um, the, way I, the way that the anxiety was like coming to fruition was through these eating disorder habits. Mm -hmm. uh, so as time went on, I was navigating through all of that, navigating through um, just what the, just what it means to struggle with anxiety and depression and still get up every day, go to school, go to my extracurricular activities and work through that while also feeling these daunting feelings of not being good enough, not being worthy enough, not feeling like I have the energy to get out of bed every single morning. Mm. Um, so one therapist told me in terms of the eating disorder portion, to look at what my friends were eating. Like kind of see if I could pull from their behaviors and how they were, you know, feeding themselves and how they were living more free, joyful lives 
And so I would do that and it would help a little bit. Um, but there were still things deeply rooted inside of me that needed to be worked through. And that took a lot of time. I often say when I'm speaking that, you know, there wasn't, my journey wasn't linear. It was a lot of ups and downs, mm -hmm. but I think that's the journey of humanity as a whole anyways. Um, and so I was still in therapy throughout all of this. I was starting to eat more. Uh, so the anorexia portion was going away, but of course, you know, I'd lost so much weight. I was starting to gain that weight back again. So I started uh, pulling in bulimia, t bulimia as well, mm -hmm. um, just because I needed to feel like I had that control and that, that in that period of time felt like I had control if I was using those behaviors. Um, so I decided after my freshman year of college that the school that I was at was just not good for me. Um, I was not surrounding myself with people that were elevating me and I was ready to be on a different path. Um, again, still very faithful, uh, within my faith and to our Lord. And I just was not a, I didn't feel like I could live that life at that college. So I ended up going down to Belmont Abbey college, which is in Charlotte, North Carolina or Belmont, North Carolina, and, um, got a scholarship started attending that school, was an English major and a theater minor, and uh, was still wrestling with the anxiety and the depression. And just, you know, after a while turned into negative, continued to be negative thoughts about how I felt about myself. So mm -hmm. I'm sharing all of this uh, and not giving specific details for multiple reasons. One being there were so many little things, and I think that's something that we need to remember with mental health. When we're when we're experiencing mental health issues, it's an sometimes an everyday sort of thing, and there aren't always huge catastrophic events mm -hmm. that or that lead to these behaviors happening. Sometimes it's gradual. Sometimes it's a thought here, a thought there, and then the only way that we feel like we can control those thoughts are leaning into unhealthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I go to uh, Belmont Abbey and I'm working through, still in therapy, again, ebbs and flows of anxiety and depression. I thought it was, there'd be moments where I thought, okay, I've got this under control. And then there were moments where I couldn't get out of bed again. And I thought that this was just how I was going to live. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, was going through that the next couple of years in my college experience. And then my senior year of college, I was, or the summer before my senior year of college, I was home for the summer. And what I realized is when I would go home or when a semester would end or I would go on a long break from school, that that transition period was really, really hard for me. So I went from a steady routine, which kind of kept helped keep the anxiety and depression in check to something completely different. Um, so that summer was particularly hard for me. And I just remember having many days where I couldn't get out of bed, just sobbing, um, feeling hopeless, feeling like there was no end in sight. But while at the same time knowing, okay, well, I need to get up and go to work every single day or else I'm not going to have money for the next semester. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember one day during that summer break I was sitting on the couch at my parents' house and I was on the computer doing something, scroll, I think Facebook, yeah, Facebook was around then, um, scrolling through Facebook and I see a picture of a girl pop up that I know. And the narrative that I had told myself 
um, about this girl was that she was, she had it all. She was tall, thin, pretty, funny, had an infectious personality. And the narrative that I told myself was, I was not tall. I was not thin. I was not pretty. I was not funny. I had none of the things that she had. And then all of a sudden my thoughts started to spiral of, you're not good enough. You're never going to be enough. You're not this. You're not that. And I, I couldn't gain control. Um, and I just kept spiraling and spiraling. And the next thing I knew, I couldn't breathe. I, I, I mm. was having a full-on panic attack. And I had never had a panic attack before. I had felt anxiety before. I had felt crippling depression before. But I had never been to the point where I couldn't control my body as a result of what I was thinking. Mm. Um, so... I was on the floor having a full-blown panic attack. My mom runs over. She's trying to calm me down. Nothing's working. I'm trying to calm myself down. Nothing's working. And at the time, my brother, my, my, um, one of my brothers was a firefighter. And so she calls my brother, and he comes over with some of his firefighter, you know, friends. And they're trying to calm me down. You know, they're trained on how to deal with things like this. And nothing was working. And then it just started going black. And so when you're hyperventilating enough, you're not getting enough oxygen. So you get to the point where you pass out. I did right. not get to the point where I passed out because right before then, um, they called an ambulance and I was rushed to the hospital for a panic attack mm. that would not kill me. Um, mm. But that was a very cataclysmic moment for me because it helped me realize that this is serious. I can't live like this every single day of my life. I can't. I can't just be at subpar anxiety and depression every single day. I need to do something about this. So I went, you know, I had been in and out of therapy, but and learned some things here and there, but I wasn't truly committed. And so sometimes I'm a believer in, in the fact that you have to hit rock bottom in order for things to change. And for yeah. me, I've hit rock bottom multiple times. Okay. That was the first time I hit rock bottom. Um, but it was what catapulted me into deep uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. And so basically cognitive behavioral therapy helps you essentially rewire your thoughts. I had I, the number of thoughts that I had that were bombarding me that I, one, did not have control of, and two, were negative, mm -hmm. was thinking back extremely daunting. And it's why I suffered from the ebbs and flows of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So... I'm in therapy and um, I was having, this is maybe a few months later, I can't exactly remember the timeline, but it was after that panic attack. And I was having a particularly rough day. And I had had friends in college who were on the, the cross country team. So sometimes I'd go out with them to spend time with them and we would run together, but I was never a serious runner. Um, and so I'm having a bad day and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to lace up my shoes and go out for a run. So I did. I laced up my shoes and I just started running. I didn't have any clue of how far I was going to go, where I was going to go. I'm thinking of Forrest Gump that you're Exactly. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, so I just start running. And I realized that I had hit two and a half miles. So I could either go forward and go two and a half more miles because I realized the loop that I was about to make was going to be an exact five miles. Or I could turn around and go backwards and go five or two and a half miles and hit five miles. So I said to myself, at this point in your life, there is no looking back. 
You can only go forward. So I just kept going. And I just ran and ran and ran. And it was the longest I had ever run. I had never run that far in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just kept telling myself, you can't look back. You just have to keep moving forward. And it was this euphoric moment of for the first time in my life, my racing body matched my racing thoughts. And things Mm. started to level out. And I was able to parse through the anxiety. Um, So that started me on a running journey that lasted has lasted me forever (laughs) now, hopefully will last me forever. Um, And I made that part of my recovery process. So Mm -hmm. now I'm at a point where, you know, I'm actually on a a very small dose of an antidepressant, which helps keep me level. I don't think my goal is to not be on that forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But with, you know, the different ebbs and flows of life, I haven't found part of life to properly come off of the medicine. So I'm staying on it for now, but I rarely feel anxiety. I rarely feel depression because of all the work that I've done, but also because of the everyday tactics that I've learned. So I call it my mental health toolkit. And mm-hmm. for me, my mental health toolkit is running. It's a deep prayer life. It's going to therapy when I need to, it's writing. It's now um, my ministry. And so I graduated from college. I was a couple years out and I had had this idea whenever anyone would ask me, you know, where, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? I'm like, you know, I really want to be talking about my story someday. I really want to write about it. I don't, but I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, except I kept talking about it. And so finally someone was like, just do it already. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So about five or six years ago, I wrote two blog posts. Um, part one and part two of why I cried during my first half marathon. And it was Mm. basically my story of everything that I had gone through that had gotten me to the point where I could run successfully 13.1 miles. Um, And it was extremely transformational. And so from there, I have just continued to share my story, how Mm -hmm. I've overcome things since that point. Uh, There are a lot of other pieces of my I had actually a reconversion during all of that, a falling away ish, Mm -hmm. and then a reconversion, um, which we could get into if you wanted to, but, uh, so all, but all, but all of that had kind of happened at the time of writing this blog. So, you know, my followers have been with me from that first moment all the way up to till now. And they can, you can go back and read all those blog posts and see just the transformation in my life throughout that time. Um, so now, I, I help other women implement running and physical fitness into their lives so that they can overcome those mental challenges as well. Well, you touched on many, many things that, yeah, that was we, 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 could, we could uh, explore, but you know, we, we had kind of exchanged messages ahead of this and within the reflect the life you want, the reflect across the, the one that seemed to resonate with you the most was to recognize the power to change. And, and you talked about, as you were describing your story, this feeling of hopelessness. And one of the underlying themes of that chapter of the book is to have hope. And I, I'm imagining your faith guides you in part of that. But um, there were several things that you touched on that I thought um, were really impactful, hopefully, people that will hear this will understand that and they can relate to maybe they didn't have the same level of challenge that you've gone through but on, on some level we all struggle with self-doubt or challenges mm-hmm. each day 
and that um, we have to grab onto that hope uh, to guide us forward. Yeah. You, um, so you have developed this whole ministry and coaching of other people around running, both from help from the standpoint of their mental health, mm -hmm. but also their physical health and their, their mental well-being. You, um, you know, a key concept Maria Spears and I talk about is this idea, you know, to take captive our thoughts, which is Second mm -hmm. Corinthians ten five, mm -hmm. and yeah. the mind management piece of that is so so important. I know you're you're actually going through the woman's school coursework right now, which uh, Maria yeah. is a strategist with a woman's school, and I'm a strategist with a man's school. Yeah. So I wonder if if there's some lessons within that that you've learned that you're now even applying at a greater level to what you're doing um, in your yeah. coaching business. It's funny. I was very hesitant for a long time to, I kept getting, people kept reaching out and saying, you'd be great to be a strategist. You'd be great to go through the program. Yeah. Um, and Leah Darrow, she is one of my mentors and a good friend of mine. And, you know, I saw her continue to do it and continue to tell me about it. And I was very hesitant, one, from a time perspective. You always think you never have enough time to take yeah. something on. And then, two, I had gone through so much therapy. I was like, I know everything. Which is so <laughs> funny because God laughs when we say things like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. then, um, you know, I prayed about it a lot and I felt called to it. I was like, you know, I, I, had, I was going through a little bit of a rough patch and I thought this might be really good for me. So I signed up and it has been absolutely transformational in my life, mm -hmm. even though I have gone through years and years and years of therapy and learned so many different mental tricks and all that stuff in order to overcome negative thought processes. But um, the woman's school just helps you outline all of your hopes and dreams, where you could, where you might be falling short in terms of how you look at yourself and then gives you the framework in order to take that next step forward. I think mm -hmm. sometimes we get paralyzed with, we want to do this, we want to do that. We see this person doing that thing and that person doing that thing. And mm -hmm. we just feel stuck. Whereas the woman's school helps you navigate how to make your dreams a reality while also working on the mental aspect of it. So, you know, I often fall into imposter syndrome or I often fall into um, negative thought patterns. Mm -hmm. And so, just the simple practice of going over the scripts that we work through has been extremely transformational for me. And I've gone through a lot of change recently. And truthfully, I don't think I could have navigated all of that change as well as I did had I not already gone through the woman's school. It has been extremely transformational in my life. It is 100% worth the investment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not getting paid to say this by any <laughs> means. I am just a true believer. I think it's awesome. Well, I, you know, I, I think back to when I first heard you speak uh, with Maria and Spears and M.K. Waffen on uh, The Girl While Your Grass Pot, and I was thinking about, you were at a pretty low point. I think yes. you had just gone through a breakup, and uh, you, were, you were pretty vulnerable talking yeah. about that. I forgot and, I shared all that. <laughs> yeah, but then it's, you know, I, I, I keep up with you on Instagram, and I said, oh, look. Mm -hmm. She's got a new man in her life, and wow, she's moving to Florida, and then she's engaged. I was like, mm -hmm. yes, way to go, Can Maria. I so I was just story? so excited for you. Can I share that story? Absolutely. I think it's... Yeah, we would take a few minutes to share that, and then I'm going to come back to the reflect acrostic and ask you a couple questions. Actually, we could, yeah. Or you can start there because that's actually part of that 
Um, well, well, why don't we do that? Why don't okay. we do that? So, you know, I always ask two questions of each of my guests, you know, and you've been through a lot, you know, your personal growth, your journey, your, um, the therapy, the transformation you've experienced even ahead of what you've gone through more recently. But I always ask guests, you know, if you could talk to a, an earlier version of yourself or just think about what are you working on right now? What are you working on right now to reflect more of the life that you want to live? Um, man, you go so many different ways with this one. So talking to my younger self, I would tell her that you, you have what you need. Mm. You have, you are in a place of abundance. Mm -hmm. You have what you need. Um, you are not lacking because somebody else has something that you don't have. Yeah. And also to just truly trust God's timeline for your life mm -hmm. and trust that he is making a way and that his paths, he will make straight your paths. Um, I, like I was talking about, was such a perfectionist that I was always trying to micromanage every little aspect of my life and mm -hmm. just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, whether it be mentally or with the things that I was trying to accomplish. But once you finally let all of that go and you step out of the boat, which has been a huge theme in my life recently, <laughs> um, but stepping out of that boat is, um, it, it, it is where the good work gets done because it, you are giving God you are giving God all that you have so that he can do something with it. Um, and so, oh, and the other thing would be pray bold prayers. Like pray bold prayers and have faith that his will will be done. Um, presently, so it's funny, you go through all this stuff and you're constantly changing and evolving and you think that, okay, well, I'm when I'm 30, I'm going to have it all together. But what I'm learning is... You never do. You're always constantly growing. You're always constantly changing and learning new things. And I think one thing that I am, that I always seem to wrestle with is uh, creating space for rest. I like to get a lot of things done and do a lot of different things, but I don't, I, I undervalue the importance of rest and the importance of play and the importance of just meeting people where they're at and listening to their stories so that's something I'm trying to focus a little more on because I can get very caught up in the to-do list and what are our objectives. Well, you and Maria time. Spears could talk about that at length because she, that's yes, something we could. she struggles yes. with it herself. Yes. Well, it's, you know, it's, it is really cool to see, and, and you, don't, you and I don't know each other personally. You know, we just know each other because of our mutual friendship and what I've come to learn about you. But for me, I've, I have witnessed that. I've yes. seen a transformation in your life. And it's powerful. It was it was curious for me to know what some of that was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But it was like, you know, you are a leader of women. You're coaching other women. You're setting a, a positive role model and example for others. Uh, but you're 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 also humble in that. You, yeah, you don't know it all. You haven't got it all figured out, and you're willing to. Um, be humble and have people such as Maria or Leah, Darrow, be mentors to you and coach mm -hmm. you and listen to and apply what you're learning to your life. And it's it's like I'm cheering you on. I don't. I'm just kind of watching from a distance, but it's like look at her go. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. 
So those are some of the things that you've learned for yourself. I'm, you know, I'm wondering if you could share, like, if there was like one life lesson that you've learned to this point. You know, here we are. You know, it's almost Christmas time here in the, the end of 2021. If there's like one thing that you would encourage other uh, people to reflect more the life that they want, what would that one thing be? Um, I think this is a good time to share that story because it was, so the major theme is stepping out of the boat and mm. letting Christ lead you. Yeah. Letting go of what's not serving you, which is a very hard thing to do. And it's even a hard thing to recognize that something isn't serving you when you're in the midst of it. Yep. Um, I was in a dating relationship for three years that I thought was going to end in marriage. Um, we had done all the things, gone ring shopping, he asked my father, all of that. Um, and then it got to be the end of 2020. And after a year of us planning all of this stuff, um, in, in charity, I'm not going to share all the details just because mm -hmm. it doesn't, I don't want to paint anybody in a bad picture by any means on either side. Um, and so at the end of 2020, um, I couldn't, I, I, there was a, a pivotal moment where I realized this is not going to work. And I had been praying and praying and praying and praying mm -hmm. that um, the Lord would show me the way. I had many, many doubts and feelings of anxiety about this specific relationship. We were not of the same faith, so we butt heads a lot. Um, we, there was a lot of various things that happened throughout the relationship, but I also don't like to give up. So I was <laughs> very determined to marry this person. Yeah. Um, but then at the end of the year, it had been three years. I had been told many things and nothing was, there was no follow through, nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. So I just ended it. I just mm -hmm. stepped out of the boat and was like, you know what? I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. And so entering back into the dating world at 30, after planning your wedding, you think yeah. you're going to marry this person. It was really hard for me. And you kind of, I, I found moments of myself spiraling into the, well, nothing ever good happens for me. I'm just going to be, mm. you know, single forever and whatever the case may be. Um, Maria I hadn't developed her, uh, the intentional single coursework yet. I know. I know I could have <laughs> used that. <laughs> um, I, about three weeks later, a friend from college reached out to me and said, Hey, are you, I know you just got out of a relationship. Are you open to, to talking to somebody? I know someone who he is a great man of faith. He's wonderful. Um, and I think that you two wouldn't be a good match. So of course you get to that point where you're like, whatever, sure. Nothing's <laughs> going to work out anyways. And so she introduced us via text message and it happens to be her now husband's brother. So oh. that's pretty exciting. Um, but we started talking and we just had so much in common and, um, you know, things evolved over time mm -hmm. and we, um, uh, just continued to date intentionally. You know, I was still reeling from that breakup and he was mm -hmm. with me every step of the way. And, um, I was with him every step of the way. Like it was a very, it was a very beautiful 
evolving of our relationship. And it was pretty much all long distance until I moved down to Florida uh, in October of 2021, not even a year after I had broken up with that guy. Um, and then about a month after that, we got engaged. So we just got engaged a couple weeks ago. And I have to say, I feel no anxiety. I feel mm -hmm. peace. I feel God's presence every single step of the way. And so it's just, for me, a testament to, um, I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have a family, but the way that I was living my life and the things that I was surrounding myself with weren't getting me there. So in total trust of God's will, I stepped out of the boat and then he was faithful as he always mm -hmm. is. So yeah. sometimes it takes, again, I keep saying this, but that's what it is. And that's what, you know, my mentor told me throughout all of this is stepping out of the boat. You just have to do it. It's hard mm -hmm. and you just have to do it. So I did. And, um, God is faithful as always. Yeah. When I, when I think about the, and it is a beautiful story. And again, I've kind of watched from afar and thought, wow, look at that. It's coming together. She's yeah. living out her, you know, Maria Spears always says our, our dreams, God's dreams over our life are bigger than our own. Exactly. And, and you talked about the timing, you know, and it's like, um, God's delays are not God's denials. Right. right? Exactly. So, so here you are, you're, you're stepping into that and with faith, yeah. that's, he's, he's bringing that into fruition. So I'm very, very, very excited for you Thank on you. a personal level. Uh, and the, you know, it's exciting to see what, what that, uh, what kind of fruit is going to be born from that and how that just continues to flourish and whatever that may lead to. But it's really cool that you just have incredible peace about this. And I sense mm -hmm. within your spirit, even the way you're talking about it, yeah, that yeah. it's just a beautiful thing. So when I think about it, if I tie that back to the reflect the life you want across it, the second E is energize your thoughts towards that which you intend to be. Mm -hmm. You know, and you had a great deal of intentionality about wanting to have this kind of a relationship. Yeah. And, and I think you, in faith, you stepped out of the boat mm -hmm. with intention to go do that. And now look what that's led to. So that's pretty yeah. amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. So anything else you'd want to share about running myself together or anything else like that or what you're learning in, as you're experiencing through the transformational process of the woman's school, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I think the thing that I'd like to share, so I work with women, primarily women who um, have either like plateaued in their fitness journey or they were in shape, they want to get back in shape, or they're struggling with mental health stuff and they know that working out is going to help them. Mm -hmm. um, so I hear a lot of different stories. I hear a lot of different roadblocks that people have. And one that keeps coming up is this feeling of not enough time, not enough motivation. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be this thing that hinders a lot of people. And this morning I felt it myself. I did not want to get out of bed and work out. And so what I, I saw your Instagram post yeah. this morning, you got up, got after I did it. it. I did it. Yeah. It was not easy, but, um, it's always that initial, it's that initial hump that you have to get over yeah. and then like you start feeling better and it's okay. So what I've been telling my clients recently, and I don't know if this is helpful for anybody else, uh, but I think it's applicable in many different areas is shifting the mindset of, I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this because I have to lose 20 pounds or I have to do this because I have to move my body today and 
it just takes on this negative connotation and there is no joy in it. And there should be joy because our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and how beautiful that we can praise him in our movement. So I'm telling my clients these days to reframe that thought from I have to, to I get to. And I know that's very common. Um, and the, the, you know, self-help, all of the motivational speaking stuff, but it's extremely powerful. It is one word that is going to change how you approach your morning, your afternoon, your evening, and then every other moment that happens in between, you get to do this. And so I saw another coach um, that I know completely shift the narrative, and I loved it. He said, today, if you're not able to find the motivation to work out, work out for somebody who can't work out. Ooh. And work out for someone, work out for that person who's in the hospital with cancer. Work out mm. for that person who, whatever the case may be, they can't physically do it or they can't do it because they're just like bedridden with depression. Whatever it is, work out for that person. And so then it takes the impetus away from you and it becomes an act of sacrifice and giving for somebody else, whether they know it or not, using mm. that movement as a form of prayer, prayer. is so much more powerful than forcing yourself out of bed so that you can hit your 20 pound weight loss goal, mm. um, which is, hey, if that's your goal, awesome. But if you're lacking the motivation, shift it away from yourself and shift it for, for other people. Well, the L of the Reflect Across Deck is to love yourself and let others know that you love them. And you're, um, you know, I, I thought of the concept of you're, you know, borrowing somebody else's belief about you. Yeah. But you're kind of like paying it forward. Just like, I don't yet feel right now what I'd like to feel about myself, but let me do this for somebody else. And exactly. I always find that the more I'm in a space of serving others and blessing others, that the more I end up being blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a beautiful yeah. way to frame that. If I don't have the motivation for myself, let me do it for somebody else of importance yeah. in my life. Exactly. That's a beautiful story, Maria. Well, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the Reflect the Life You Want podcast with me. It's just really cool to hear at a deeper level what you've been going through, especially this past year, just to hear the transformation that's occurring in your life. So many exciting things that are happening for you. So if people want to learn more about Maria Abe, running myself together, your ministry, your running coaching, how do we best get in contact with you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at runningmyselftogether, um, runningmyselftogether.com, or on Facebook, runningmyselftogether next year. So I work individually one-on-one -on -one with uh, clients, so uh -huh. if you're looking for a coach. But also next year, I'm opening up group coaching too. So if you okay. are looking for something like that, you want to work out with a group of women, it's all virtual. You can do it at your own pace, but um, I will still be coaching that too. So a fun opportunity for 2022 if you have some. If you're working on your 22 resolutions, you can. Yes, yes, exactly. Get connected up with Maria. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm, uh, I'm just really excited for you. It's just so uh, encouraging to hear what you've been going through in your life. I'm excited for you and your, your fiance and all the blessings uh, that are coming your way and everything that's going to be good that's going to be happening. Thank and you. look forward to hearing about this big event in May. I'm sure you'll be keeping us posted. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. Well, again, it's been just a delight to have you on the show with us. And I 
we will share all that kind of contact information, your social media and stuff like that in the episode notes when this, this podcast episode will come out in a couple of weeks from now. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas Thank and you just uh, a lovely New Year. Thank you. You too. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. Thank you.